0: All right, that'll do it for today's edition here on the Chase Us Podcast. The Sports Reporters, we have indeed reassembled a little bit of a shorter episode today. But yeah, still great stuff uh, on this edition of the Sports Reporters with Robert Silverman and Andrew Hammond. Uh, covered all things uh, sports, biggest things in sports, even Babe Ruth conspiracy theories. Yeah, touched on that. MLB lockout, Knicks uniforms, all that and more on this edition of the Chase Amos Podcast the Sports Reporters Edition here on the podcast. So, if you are an Apple Podcast, Spotify subscriber, please do make sure you leave this episode a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, don't forget, you can email this program. So, any questions for the sports reporters and myself, please make sure you email us at Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com and uh, go check out the homepage, Chase Thomas Access to all of my previous episodes right there. Sports renaissance man that's my uh, daily newsletter sports renaissance man that's me sports renaissance man dot substack dot com type your email that simple um yeah all right uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast
1: um
0: my nephew needs me of course. see i hate
1: i already hate it i hate it
0: Sports reporters, they've assembled on this Saturday morning. Good morning, everyone. Robert Silverman, who's now Bobby Silverman on YouTube. You can check that out. He's got the knit cap. He's feeling good. He
2: andrew down there <laughs> in his own knit cap. And they're they're in the party. I have an, excuse. I have an excuse. Um mm-hmm. I haven't cut my hair in like three weeks. Um so yeah. Okay.
0: Hmm. All right. That's okay. Bob, when was the last time you got your hair cut? It's been a year before or so, COVID. right? Yeah. before okay. COVID. Two years, man. How long are you going to go? Do you already know?
1: I don't know. I'm getting uh, my significant other thinks it looks, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bad. She thinks <laughs> it looks bad. Mm-hmm. She thinks my uh, long hair makes me look, I think the phrase she she's used at various times and depending on how long it's been. Mm-hmm. Um. I think uh the first one was she said, uh, I looked uh like uh noted New York literary curmudgeon Fran Leibowitz at one point. That left oh. a board. Um I don't know I who think that is. The, 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 I the will latest... Google
2: it. Okay.
1: Feel free to it's... Google Fran Leibowitz for everyone playing along at home with the owns.
0: Oh no. <sighs> okay. Oh no. I'm not
1: gonna lie, that's that that's a pretty solid burn i know i know i know it <laughs> left him. bob uh last That's... night i believe what she said was you look like all those people i saw in this rush documentary so <laughs> that also is uh she's dropping some Whoa. subtle hints bob yeah she's saying go get your hair cut is what yeah. she's saying what are you gonna do in no way terms it? i uh Yeah, I may need to, like, spend more money than my usual uh, cheap-ass New York. Not super cuts, but at that level of expenditure-type how,
2: how much does it cost to, um, you know, like, a typical haircut price out there? Hmm.
0: Okay. it's a good question. Because we learned dog the... cuts are preposterous. Dog cuts are like a mortgage.
1: Do you want... You want mm-hmm. how much do I usually spend? Okay, or yeah. How much does one? Let's do what spend. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh yeah. I I really don't spend more than like thirty to forty dollars on a haircut. Oh. <laughs> okay, Andrew.
2: Well, no, no. And this, this, here's the thing: this isn't a slide at Bob. This is more like, it, well, shit. Do you want to know what I'm
1: paying? Yeah, it's more. More people. Most people pay more. There is a uh, there is a fancy uh, place that I used to go to back when I was uh, on staff at a publication uh, because I had you know just haircut money lying around, and uh, that was. I thought you were about to say hair insurance, and I was like, "That yeah, is that a thing? no, no, okay. no, no." Uh, they ch- they charge seventy five, and I would tip them like you know fifteen or twenty bucks. That would get close to a, like that would oh be like goodness. ninety ninety
2: five. See, yeah, that's what I usually do for my haircuts because they'll do, you know, typical cut, but then they may do, you know, work on the facial hair a bit. Um, Wait, so what is yours? What's your typical rate, Andrew? So, what I get as the base is usually 65. Um, Wow. And all, you know, 10, 15, um, usually for tips, so... So, so barbers yeah. are doing okay in the Midwest
0: and in New York City. They're doing all right. Oh yeah, interesting. look good,
2: Chase. You should see the DMs um, following. You know, posting haircut
1: pics. You're welcome. <laughs> who is that? Who is this? A guy? I don't know if you saw this. His TikToks went viral. Mm-hmm. Or the, he, what he did. And This is very clever. He would bring in young men who looked. Bad and had bad haircuts, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't normally think of as oh, that's a good looking dude. Yeah, but he would, you know, get to work with the clippers and the scissors, and you know, and a magic twenty second TikTok video later, and you smash cut to his final product, and those guys look good. Oh yeah, you see those all the time. Yeah, but yeah, that is excellent marketing. It I was really absolutely is. sold. I was I was googling him to try to find out if that guy's in New York City and and try to figure out how much he costs so that he could you know help me.
2: So you know you know you know like better. before TikTok, um, people would have to use like Instagram Stories or they would just post the video. Vine, are we are talking Vine here? Uh, Vine, are we getting yeah. on Vine? The the yeah. So people like barbers would do that. Like that's how they would basically just kind of sell themselves and. In Tacoma, that's like that's how I actually found my barber. Shout out to Chris, um, which he would just post stuff on his Instagram, and yeah. I
1: hmm. was actually trying to work on a story about um, during the NBA bubble in Orlando.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wanted to know if NBA players were flying their stylists down.
2: So Florida. you you mm. know you know who was you know who was doing uh, the haircuts, right? Who who Russell Westbrook's brother. Mm-hmm.
1: See, that's the story I wanted to get. Because, you know... His
2: brother... Because I guess he his brother had cut, of course, Russ's hair, but a few other guys. Like, exclusively Mm -hmm. if they were in town or whatever. And they were like, well, we can't do... You know, we can't get everybody's barber in a bubble. bubble." Because at that point, they were... This is when Adam Silver was actually serious about COVID. Um, They were (laughs) literally locking everything down. And so... Um, yeah, his brother, right. It was a whole, it
1: was like the whole point of the bubble was that family members and friends were not going to be allowed to travel with them. And they they were trying to limit the spread and exposure. And I thought, well, here is something, a part of an NBA player's life that they are absolutely conditioned to experiencing on a regular basis and, you know, pay like great. Yeah. If, if I had a, you know, eight figure contract, yes, I would have a personal stylist. That is something I would pay for. Um and you know there there've been like for years there've been like really cool stories about like oh this guy introduced this like hairstylist to three other players and now he cuts all the heads of the Knicks and da da da, 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 da. so I was like okay how are they do how are they managing it so Russell Westbrook's brother there you go yeah Easy
2: um because pick.
1: like there were like
2: of course you know Russell Westbrook is the uh, epitome of calm and normal um so yeah what i think what ended up happening like his brother was beefing with one of the other players or something like that i'm just like (laughs) and i remember like either sending a tweet or seeing a tweet i don't know what happened but it was more like you can't you you you, there that barber client relationship it's got to be more important than ever it's
1: it's a very serious relationship i understand that like hey bob you're just like looking good I get that.
0: Yeah. Did you watch the Knicks game live last night?
1: I did. That was awesome. Oh. That was very Knicks. That was very Knicks. It was, look, they are... uh,
0: What are those uniforms? Can you stop wearing those? The Knicks uniforms are always great. They need to stop. That
1: is part of the NBA's uh, mixtape series, which is only being run this year. Ah. So, the way it has come about is they took... The black side panels that the team wore from mm. 1997 through mm. the year 2012. The beginning, although of the they end. differed in <laughs> they differed in width. They were a lot yeah. narrower throughout the 2000s. In the late 90s, up until about 2001, they were very wide and they beveled out. So they kept those. They also have the checkerboard pattern, which is sublimated, and you can't exactly see inside the black si- black. Uh, the black side panels, the checkerboard was used in the 19, like late 1950s Knicks. And for some reason, though, they went with the all black jersey. But wasn't it? They do it have brought- the original New York wood- wordmark, though, which is very important to me because the current yeah. Knicks wordmark is bad. They updated it before the 2012-2013 season, and it is bad. Compare a Knicks jersey from any point in the last decade to just the word New York stretching across the chest, starting from – pick any jersey from – except for the brief four-year period where they had the very sort of uh, 7-Up Uncola font and had Knicks (sighs) underneath the number from 1979 to 1983. Yeah, Um, that was a – yeah. I I love them. They they switched to Maroon and Navy and they had New York and Knicks. Okay.
2: So it was, so it wasn't like a blood. By the way, just,
1: you know that, you know, that viral prompt, like what is the one subject that you could give a Ted talk immediately if forced to mine? It's Knicks uniforms. Hmm. I really, I honestly believe that nobody has a more intricate detailed and expansive knowledge of, this useless subject than me what's
0: your I, opener um, though when you're doing the ted talk when you come out like how what's your opening line I'd i'm gonna like to get it's, people it's gonna
1: be about it's gonna be about the new york word mark and how they've ruined it and the reason okay. they've ruined it i don't have any reporting on this mm-hmm. but if you'll notice no nba team right now has what would be considered a classic uniform the way say the new york yankees do the
2: yeah, celtics
1: change their uniform let's not talk about it at, <laughs> At the end of – no, we're not going to talk about the black, not even the black. At the end of the Garnett era, in about 2010, they changed the size of the Celtics' name, and they made it considerably larger they did hmm. this because in the late 20, like, like around 28, like in tw- 2005 to 2010, NBA uniforms were getting a lot, uh, wi- were still very wide and baggy. Mm-hmm. And so the Celtics wordmark looked kind of small on Garnett, Allen, Pierce, that kind of thing. So they made it considerably larger. So it is technically not the original Celtics wordmark. They also went with Boston road uniform, which I do not like. The yeah, Ce- let's talk about that. The Lakers, for example also change the actual base color of their uniform. They are not Forum Gold anymore. They are Canary Yellow. And they look, in my humble opinion, like butt. (laughs) The Canary Yellow is incredibly bad. Now... The reason the Bulls still get away with the classic uniform for the most part, but they are the only team. And my theory, I have no reporting to back this up or sources that are saying, but my theory is that when Nike took over the NBA's uniform manufacturing in 2012, they subtly nudged all teams to run with as their base home and road or, I don't know, icon and association, whatever it is they're calling it now, uniforms. As being different from whatever a classic uniform might be, because that way they can wear and then sell classic uniforms. But if the base uniform is the same, it would drive down sales of those fauxbacks or throwbacks or whatever you want to call them. So, what I'm also saying is that capitalism has ruined NBA jerseys.
2: Uh, yeah, you're you're Bob.
1: You're this has been my TED right. talk.
2: You are absolutely right, and I.
1: I'm not a fan. I'm um, like, I it's right. It, you oh. get classic football uniforms though, because it hasn't been as powered so by retail sales. Like yes. the Packers still look like the Packers Cowboys still look like the Cowboys Yankees yeah. still look like the weak Yankees Red Sox look like, like if Babe Ruth walked, like got in a time machine and walked on the field dressed in a full Yankee uniform, he would pretty much blend in aside from the fact that, you know, he's Babe Ruth. So mm-hmm. aside from that, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart, but I don't I know. I would, would notice the hot
0: because... dogs and the 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 women, the hot dogs, the beer. There was something about Babe Ruth. I think that would stand yes. out immediately. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there would be there would be some other things.
0: Um, there would be some other things.
1: Have you guys ever read the conspiracy theory that Babe Ruth is actually secretly a person of color? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's hilarious.
2: Wait, what? Yeah. Oh okay. So oh no,
0: hold so on. Babe so this is fire. real. Yeah, this so is they, so but When you place. say conspiracy theory, though, but before we get into it, is this a well, like, is this a possibility, like a conspiracy this theory is, where it's this like this
1: is a possibility? It mainly has to do with the fact that at the Baltimore, I believe, adoption yeah. home where he grew up, it, what, there were not what you would call accurate medical records available. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people who were speculating that one of his parents was.
2: And well, yeah, hmm. and because his father owned a bar mm-hmm. at the time, and his father liked to, um, let's just say philander around, hmm. and so there were questions oh, how many kids does he actually have? Because uh, if I remember correctly. Either he couldn't name them all or kids are just yeah. kind of starting to come out
1: of the woodwork. It's the, it's the, 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 bio, it's, i read it years ago. I think it's Robert Kramer who wrote the biography. which yeah, mentions sounds about this, right. I think it's Kramer. I forget. I forget which, like, you know, venerated sports writer uh, right. wrote the Babe Ruth biography. Who, 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 who basically wrote, wrote the uh, Babe Ruth uh, puff piece. Yeah, that's a different one. Um, it's, uh, but in any case, yes, there are people who think that Babe Ruth's Caucasian father did actually have an affair with a person of color, a woman, a black woman, and then Babe was put up for adoption, and, but he never knew his, he never knew, he was raised by a white family, but he never knew his real parents.
2: Interesting. Hmm. There's,
1: there's like, there's just no taste,
2: Thomas continues. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, I yeah. did. I'd never heard of this before. That's Interesting.
1: Huh. It's not as good as the conspiracy about Stevie Wonder act not being blind. It's that
2: might be that. my favorite conspiracy because a friend, a good friend of mine, we mm-hmm. were, we were basically a sports editor and assistant sports editor at K State, and so mm-hmm. shout out to Tim if you're listening. And I I would mess with him, and I would just give him, uh, you know, like I would just give him shit about it all the time, and so. Anytime those memes pop up on Twitter, I'll either send it to them or I'll just tag them. And then one time we're back at my apartment and this is when I was back in college and we're just sitting there watching TV and um, Stevie Wonder comes on and I just look over at Tim. He's talking with (laughs) his friends. I'm like, hey, hey, Tim. okay, when
1: when he catches the mic stand, that's when I start to believe that's and, the and,
2: one and i told him and tim just snapped at me he was like look that man has brought tons of joy to a <laughs> lot of people
1: <laughs> and so he, he wants like, to lie he, he was like blind. don't you dare
2: he's like don't you dare say that and then like 5 minutes later i just popped up again you know he can see right and he just said, damn it <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds what would you put it at
0: what, if that he could actually see what would you say like on a oh, scale of 1 to 10 is... of how shocked you would actually be a,
1: if it came out there's a prominent twitter person who is absolutely steadfast in the fact that Stevie Wonder can see I forget who it is I think it's Miles Brown
2: yeah it's Miles, okay. Miles Brown. Brown. it's Miles Brown it's like Bomani has <laughs> gone. Bomani in.
1: has. I think Rembert Brown has, has chimed in on this. Yeah, as well. it's 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 pretty hilarious. Bomani, Bomani is the one who really will not let that go that he can see. Yeah. Have you guys Have you guys seen the clips from his uh, new HBO show? I haven't watched. Um, them. I have not. No, I
2: haven't. Um, I've seen just the commercials. Um, yeah. But no, you should. And I hate plugging. I think it's another, gonna be a good show. I hate plugging another pod. On here, mm-hmm. but... You can plug I, other pods. Yeah. The is, the, the, the Bomani... on what it is. <laughs> the Bomani and Spencer Hall episode where they're talking about Stevie Wonder and Diego mm-hmm. Maradona is... On his perhaps, pod, on the right time. Yeah. Okay. Is perhaps that somebody... Oh my, to. it's so good. Because you can tell these guys are passionate about the subject, but then they will throw their shade at Stevie Wonder. But then, in the same breath, say... This man is an absolute badass. So no, it's a it's a quality listen for sure.
1: Just to button up this thing about the Knicks uniform. Yes, these the mixtape ones that they're wearing that they wore last night when they absolutely choked against the Phoenix Suns, (laughs) which was hilarious. Um, That it like the only team that can get away really in a basketball uniform with black and orange and not look like a Halloween costume is Princeton. So, mm. yeah, uh, well, when they put the black, I'm trying to think in... who else is black
0: and orange, because Tennessee doesn't wear any black in their basketball uniforms. So I'm trying to think.
1: Uh, yeah, well, but... uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, State, Oklahoma yes. State. Yeah. They don't look bad. And just Oklahoma talking State about basketball, bad. like yeah. football uniforms, I, th- I feel like orange and black can work.
0: Yeah, life. you loved the Tennessee black uniforms from this fall. You, you loved them.
1: Yes, that's 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 false. You misremembered. Mm-hmm. It. I think mm-hmm. it, it's I think it, it's bad. You, yeah, you Chase, let's it all not around. do this. We're not getting into that. We're talking about the Knicks uniforms right now, Chase. We
0: are. Well, well we're focus. putting a bow on it. Chase yeah. is
1: wearing black and orange right now. ironically. See,
0: look, Knoxville. Not do you get it? So it's not Knoxville uh, the way you spell it. It's no, they misspelled
1: like, it on your shirt.
0: No, 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 no. You no get a refund. So it's they home run it wrong. Dingers, like Knox Homers. That's what that is. Yeah, but they mm-hmm.
1: misspelled the name of the city. Oh, Knox. If you oh, get it's... lost, how will you get home now?
0: That's true. That's true.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're screwed.
0: That was a bad loss last night. Um, Texas, number one team in the country. But, you know, Arkansas today. Uh, Let's get into our first main topic, guys. Um, I want to, I, I feel like I need to just tee this up for, and that's a intentional pun, folks, is I want to tee this up. For Bob Sutterman yes, who is to blame for the Major League Baseball lockout? Okay, <laughs> I, I mean, next topic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not negotiating in good faith. They mm. are not. They don't uh, like what what they. The goal here is to break the union. Mm. Full stop. They are willing to sacrifice two months' worth of gate revenue. If I think that they're willing to sacrifice an, more than that. I think I mean I don't think they want to, but they can afford to wait. That's okay with it. The with it. The pandemic ended
0: it. So can I give my theory on this? Okay, so it's your pod, man. Go for it. Well, so I've done a lot of thinking on this, and as much as I would love to just have the last Major League Baseball season end with the, the Atlanta Braves as your World Champions, I think that we should keep going and give us an opportunity <laughs> to repeat. Um, Is this
1: because Freddie Freeman's going to be playing for the Mets when they start? He's not.
0: Um, okay, okay. Just check. Not. Out. If he leaves, he's an L.A. team. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay.
0: Um, Could happen. What the pandemic did for Major League Baseball owners, and this was something that I don't think we saw that was going to happen in the moment. When, When you lost that many games and then you saw how much money they made in the playoffs, even after the disaster of the pandemic and no fans for months, they had no fans. They had no gate revenue. And then they still saw the numbers that they pulled in for just a solid month of playoff revenue and the gate revenue. And they're like, oh, all we literally need to do is expand the playoffs and just have the playoff games. And we're good. Like we can withstand all of this. We don't live in the cities where our teams play. This is a portfolio for us. This is all we need to do and that is when the players lost is when the owners realized that they could do all this and they don't care if this is not the owners of old that they can make their money and make a lot of money in october it, it and is, november it is it, ended it is
1: the owners of old i mean they, they, this is what
0: they, well i don't they know does. i don't think steinbrenner would want this i don't think turner would want this i think if you have more of the singular guys who actually love the sport and love baseball
1: runner was running things in, in 94. Yeah. Still running the Yankee. But what but I'm
0: saying is like more of the whole season. That's true. But what I'm saying is ultimately like more front facing figures who have to like answer. And these are all, we have so many shadowy owner figures who don't have to answer for any of this. They're just, I, I, you don't I even think, know who they are.
1: We, yeah. I think we mentioned this last week and mm-hmm. these chase Thomas podcast fans chime in, in the comments if I'm mm-hmm. eating myself, but like, there's a story by Mark, uh, by Mike Vorkunov at The Athletic about the fact that mm-hmm. they can't find enough rich guys to own teams and now it's being uh, the that space is being filled by hedge funds and hedge funds uh, take a very hedge funds, the McKinzification of sport mm-hmm. has been a slow and gradual process over the last two decades probably um, actual rich, one rich guy owners have their own set of problems but that's another topic it's a uh, it is absolutely they do not care about the product they put on the field. All like to say that like the billionaire class only cares about money is kind of redundant, but they even more so. There's a there's another story I would encourage everyone to read, uh that is by Henry Abbott, a true hoop. Mm-hmm. And you can read him on Substack. And what he talks about is it's not just this question of the fact that when hedge funds get involved the interest in what the actual product is dials down to zero. It's that hedge funds have been historically an incredibly uh, valuable tool for the uber wealthy to launder money that sports is that we are on the danger of sports becoming just a money laundering operation that if you want to, hide tax dollars or hide possibly extra legal earnings. Um, that's how you do it. And it's all clean. And it's all, it's all given a thumbs up by the various governments of the world. Like that's the story of the Panama papers is the amount of money that is swirling around the world internationally and not traced at all and being used to make things very, very, and i have used this word a couple of times in this podcast bad, but in any mm-hmm. case, Henry Abbott, True Hoop, Substack, he has a long list. He's spun in this incredible nine-part series about the inter- about uh, <laughs> the the interconnectedness, say, of the NBA and uh, the current Russian government and Putin specifically. Oh, yeah. And the degree stuff. to which sports washing is just endemic, which is why Robin Abramovich is trying to sell Chelsea right now. He's trying yeah. to just get as he's much like, of his money he's out like, as
0: he dude. can. He's, he's getting like, ready of oh. his assets. It's asset just like it it's the sinking ship and you're just throwing stuff off the boat to, to stuff from sinking. he can yeah. look,
1: he can lose what I forget what he spent to buy his share or something. Oh,
0: mm. It's
1: it's 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 at the point where he can like lose a good chunk of it because someone forces him to take a discount to sell now, now, now and he's fine. But mm. Do you want to trace where that money came from, where he used to, to buy part of Chelsea? No, it doesn't matter. It's all clean and legal now. I'll, I'll can't say be this be seized by anyone, any government yeah. anywhere. Not I'll, that they're going to seize fucking a problem. Pardon my language. Not that they're going to seize a problem.
0: yeah. Well, also folks go subscribe. I've read the piece that Bob's talking about and Henry's been on this for years. Like Henry's been on this beat for a while. Um, so go subscribe to true hoop and keep up with that coverage because it's been top notch, uh, as you were saying, Andrew.
2: So Bob was saying that the pandemic um, kind of ah. put
1: everything. Right now. <laughs> I'll call you back. My niece is calling you guys. Sorry. Uh, hi. I'll call you right um, back, Lulu. I'm
0: on. She made her first podcast appearance. Okay, bye. Nah.
1: <laughs> um,
2: I'll say this, and I actually got to get out of here. Got a family meeting. I'm emergency. sorry. Where were we? So, Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say this. I got to bounce real quick. Um, But I look at the pandemic, even before the pandemic, we were always Mm -hmm. headed towards a, you know, we were always headed towards this moment. We just delayed it by a year, year and a half, two years, because, yeah, like, so the fact that we're at this point shouldn't surprise anybody. Mm -hmm. This is what the owners wanted. Uh twenty twenty basically kind of gave them way to reprogram their narrative, and here we are. But fellas, I gotta hop off. Um it has been a pleasure. Bye, Andrew. Nice. We'll Bye, see you next Andrew. week.
1: See ya.
0: Bob, we can finish it. You and
1: me, man. It's the mono it's... Y mono.
0: It's the, the glasses gang. It's the glasses gang. It's this. Could you function without glasses at this point? Could you like go and. No, do it? No, I'm, no, I'm
1: blind as a bat. I'm I'm real. My vision is very, very bad. It's like minus. When, it's like minus 550 in
0: each. Oh, OK. Yeah. When did you I'm, find out that your vision was just completely.
1: It was probably I started wearing glasses when I was about 11. Mm hmm. Um, hmm. But my vision was always pretty bad. I didn't, I was, I didn't, you know, it, it, but I, I think I managed to trick everyone into, yeah, I, I managed to keep it a bit of a secret. Like, you mm-hmm. know, kids don't want to wear glasses, so they're not going to yeah. say, and they have no frame of reference to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to wear glasses. When they finally checked my vision, my parents were appalled at how bad it was. <laughs> it was honestly, the reason they figured it out is because mm-hmm. when I was drawing, I would squint and like go like this and like mm-hmm. that's how I would draw it was mm-hmm. like mm. and they the, once they saw that they realized oh that's not normal that's how, not how normal people look at things and so
0: when I went and uh, I got my vision checked um, I guess this was January because um, I had to get a new uh, optometrist up here in Knoxville and I'm not going to say where who it was but I kid you not Bob I was trapped in the... Because, you know, you're at their mercy of doing what they want to do and check stuff and see where your vision's at. And he asked what I did and uh, we were talking about school and then it turned into, why do you think they're getting rid of all the books? And what do you (laughs) think it... And then he got... (laughs) And I was like, what? What's happening? And he went on this whole thing about cancel culture and canceling books. no! And I was like, you're my optometrist. What's happening right now? What? and i'm just i was locked in this room with him and i just was like when you're putting dye in your eye and check and dilating me and everything i'm like i kind of just have to be like yeah 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 great yeah man i'm concerned too those books man i don't know what to i don't know what's going to happen those books <laughs>
1: that a real was a thomas uh, friedman moment for you there yeah, yeah it, it was sit down with real people it was uh, so weird I think of the weirdest conversation I've ever had at the doctor's office. My my doc, my doctors and my dentists are all very Yeah. They're not chatty cathys or anything like that. They just want to get It's a it's a it's a it's a they want to turn and burn, you know, that they're yeah. not here
0: to Not this optometrist, Bob. He was not about turning will, and burning.
1: I will avoid the not the entire Knoxville optometry scene. I would probably do that yeah it's just uh, a yeah.
0: it was not it was not great I would not recommend
1: i that. am i am by the way i am appalled at how much glasses cost just there's my there's my andy Rooney rant of the week okay glasses should not cost this much Ridiculous.
0: do you wear contacts at all
1: I give my eyes dry out too quickly mm-hmm. i did for when i once i think like when I was like teenager twenties i did but mm-hmm. my eyes tend to i can't wear them for more than like three or four hours without really feeling irritated or anything like that. So honestly, it's just not worth it. I'm a glasses person.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know. I can go back and forth. I mean, I even get sunglasses that are prescription and they're good. Like worry Parker's prescription ones. You wouldn't even tell the difference. Cause like some of them are a little bit too light where it doesn't look like sunglasses anymore. And I'm like, I'm not doing the Larry David thing. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to wear contacts for the wedding. If you, wear
1: the, if you wear the sunglasses that are the transition ones that, you know, yeah. adjust to the light. You, everyone, everyone who wears those to me looks like a Chicago cop.
0: Yeah, I don't that's, like That's those. all
1: I can see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan. Um, did you see the, speaking of cops, did you see the, uh, I think, friend of the pod, John Taylor, um, tweeted this out. But it was in New York, so I'm assuming you saw this, Bob. Um, oh, I see everything here. It's, yeah, you see everything. I got, eyes.
1: I got mm-hmm. eyes all over the city, man. Have you met John? Do you know John? Uh, by John Taylor? Uh, just mm-hmm. on the
0: internet. No, I. No, not in person. Okay. Um, but he uh he tweeted out a photo of a, a cop driving school. Did you see that? Like, police officers are <laughs> and he was like, no. "I think this is the worst uh, business idea I've ever seen." And it was one of those like, yeah, it was like a driving school as taught by a cop. And I was like, what? Why? Who does that? What? Mm. Why would you? Mm-hmm. Weird stuff, man. No, um, like no. There, I just. Weird. Um, We'll end on this. So Harden and Embiid have played a couple games together now. And I want to get your perspective because I've written off the Nets. And I don't think the Nets are doing it too late. Um, It's just not going to happen. They're not going to be able to coalesce in time. But the East, you have the Heat and the Bulls atop. I think one of the two will make the Eastern Conference Finals. One of them will be legit. One of them will not. I am leaning Heat, but I'm open to the Bulls. Full. The it, 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 Bulls surprising me, but the record against teams that are good, it's not great.
1: If, so, if Levine were healthy, if I'm Levine noticed. were fully healthy, if mm-hmm. Ball were healthy, if Caruso were healthy, that's a lot. They're so reliant on DeRozan yeah. being... An absolute killer from mid range,
0: and we haven't and seen that in the playoffs yet. We haven't seen DeRozan no. ludd team, a team where DeRozan is the best we player. We have
1: not. Well, we we saw it with Toronto. We saw what happens. They they yeah. they'll reach they could reach the Eastern Concert Finals, and that's about about it. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a considerably better version of DeRozan than, mm-hmm. than the one who was playing for the Raptors. So, I, I really think it's a question of whether they get the, whether they get. It's a defense thing more than it's a how will teams gear up to stop DeRozan from scoring, which, again, I think it has a cascading effect. One, they need ball and they need Caruso at the point of attack. Two, Levine was playing great through the first Mm. three months. And since he had that knee injury in January, (sighs) he hasn't really been been the same.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He hasn't really been the same. He still you know, extremely good, but he wasn't playing at that level. So that, to me, is the main concern with the Bulls, is are they going to get all of these pieces back and uh, operating at peak efficiency by the time the playoffs roll around? To me, at this point, it's the Heat and the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: But the problem with that is, like the way the standings are, and the standings are super close. The Hawks beat the Bulls. Yeah, are...
1: they may they may meet before then. Uh, yeah, let's just say the winner of that series, should they collide, will represent the East the finals. Here's how I, crazy I it is right now. The so, thing about, all right, here's my main question about the Sixers. Yes, mm-hmm. a fully committed James Harden is clearly great. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly like a top ten player, and that's mm-hmm. what we're getting right now. And he and Embiid as a tandem, they fit together. You know, they, they really their skill sets mesh. They're able to, you know, find places on the floor. You can run Maxi uh, with Embiid. You, you do them think they've lost with so them yet, right?
0: Aren't they still undefeated with the two? Yeah,
1: yeah, they are. They haven't really. Yeah. I think they've I mean, won five gonna, straight. Gonna be yeah, Cleveland and yeah. Cleveland's still good, but. uh Cleveland's I lost think three straight. it's a question. They, they, they are after the first four guys. The rotation gets a little thin. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to see a lot of George Niang and Furkan Korkmaz minutes, and you know, kind of past his peak, Danny Green and Shake Milton. And but that's what you get when you have two they stars. Don't right? They don't have a backup big mm-hmm. at all. They, and and I don't think signing DeAndre Jordan is going to help.
0: Right? Yeah, that's a that's a locker room signing. That's
1: that's, that's it. Look, he's large, so um, <laughs> I mean, Embiid's going to be playing, you know, thirty-eight to forty minutes in the playoffs. So it's not a huge amount of time, but like those are eight minutes when a team like the Heat will absolutely exploit that mismatch. So depth question is the only thing i have with philly miami absolutely they know how to play they know how to play together they know what their rules are uh i think the best version of a philly team probably is better than miami Hmm. but i don't know if it you know again it's just been like a couple of weeks since the trade went through we'll see how it goes um but i love this right like don't we love the east right now i think I think everyone like Milwaukee's front office and ownership should be getting more heat for not retaining guys in that championship team for not like well, keeping TikTok like, around.
0: I think it's fine. Home. Like it's just Brooke Lopez being hurt for the whole year. It's just been a huge problem that's, for them. And they really took a swing on Ibaka them, and Ibaka's bad. Like he's cooked.
1: Yeah, Ibaka's kind of cooked. They just don't have enough they don't have enough wings right now. They're playing Wes Matthews minutes, considerable yeah. minutes.
0: Did you see he's or on the top me, 10 list in three-pointers made now? I was watching Bucks. That's Hornets amazing the other morning.
1: to me. He's been around forever. But isn't
0: that, I heard that stat and I was like, there's no way Wesley Matthews is in the top 10 in that already. Like, it,
1: he is. He's been a volume three-point shooter for a long, long time
0: now. Way longer than I thought. And it's just yeah. the consistency, man. That dude, uh, he was undrafted and he's now top 10 all-time yeah. in three That's amazing. I, his
1: dad played for the Lakers. Yeah. Wes Matthews Sr. Sort of a – he was – West Matthews Sr. was a was a more uh, like a shoot-first point guard, Mm -hmm. score-off-bench point guard type. But Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee just does not have enough wing depth to be able to keep up with either of those teams. But then again, Giannis could just go supernova and render all those questions moot. Um, It's going to be fun. I really wish Brooklyn was playing. I really wish Simmons was there and they had it and, you know – and uh, certain, certain, let's just say, uh, uh, skeptic uh, point guards were able to overcome uh, some of their uh, convictions, and uh, that Durant was healthy. And I really, because uh, like a, an at like a Nets team with all the pieces in place playing against the Sixers after that superstar for superstar trade, if you want to call Ben Simmons a superstar, it would be so much fun. It would be so much fun. I don't know if we'll get there.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think we're going to get there until next year, at the very least. I think this is something no. that you just have I, to pencil. No, I think the
1: it's it, the thing that's weird to me is I like aside. I think I can't see any team challenging Phoenix in the West. Maybe Golden State, and that's entirely dependent on Draymond Green coming back. I think
0: Memphis is in the conversation. Um, I think just because One they're healthy and soon, deep.
1: Man. One well, year too soon. Uh,
0: if I'm Memphis I well this is a conversation for another day but Memphis is that I'm very fascinated to see what they do because I think the the onus is on ownership to try and win now like John ja Morant <laughs> I would be terrified of seven to ten years the dude falls and just the way he plays he I terrifies me ja Morant. I do so but I don't fun. think it it's it but do you see it aging well do you see his play style aging well
1: I mean, we talked about this a couple of times. It It just scares me. He's
0: He's a guy who scares me. He
1: plays like Russell Westbrook Mm -hmm. in his prime. He plays with all out of band and all the time. And he's the thing that's so great about Ja is that he recognizes that what he's doing is a performance. And he very clearly wants to put on a show. He wants to do things with flair and pizzazz and... That he, to, to make people just go nuts out of their seats because it's something they've never seen before. And he, and that's what I I, I... I enjoy the basketball players with a sense of style like that. Um, I don't think... Hard to find people... Aside from, you know, maybe a few grouchy sports writers of yore, I don't think anyone dislikes that. But I think it's too soon. I think it's really too soon. They don't have a guy they can go to if teams load up on Ja. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs. Teams will design teams like teams playing Memphis will say, Okay, look, John Morant is not scoring 40 points. If you get, you know, fifteen from Desmond Bain and fifteen from Jaron Jackson Jr. and fifteen from uh I don't know, Dylan Brooks or something, that's okay. We can live with that. We're we will live with being beaten by Desmond Bain. And I think, you know, that's a, that's an ancient trope when it comes to the NBA playoffs. They mm-hmm. need another they need someone else who can really create offense. When teams load up on Morant and then you're talking about something because they're very well coached They're you know, they're like you said, they've got one through even like 11. They've got guys who can play, but not we not might this
0: get on it. We might get Zion in the playoffs. Did you see that from Shams earlier just now? Did you Who see this? It? Shams? Pel- Humst? Uh Humst? Pelicans, Zion Williamson is returning to New Orleans after spending time in Portland for his foot rehab. Sources tell me, and Will, how do you pronounce it? Guillory? I don't know. Guillory? I'm not sure. Uh, Williamson is cleared to progress in basketball activities. Pelicans have won four straight games are in the playoff race. Man, CJ McCollum can... doing the Lord's yeah. work over here.
1: Yeah. It's a, it, Bullying a lot... works, folks. <laughs> <laughs> i i i'll say this also i really hope the version of zion that we saw in fits and spurts his first two years and also at duke and in all those awesome high school mixtapes is able to play in the nba because he's
0: unstoppable he just, like that version like you cannot do anything with that offensive. he like is nothing unlike
1: you, can... you look we've seen other versions of john morant before mm-hmm. you can you can say okay well like we said, Russ was that kind of a guard. John Rose was that kind of a guard. Derrick Rose was that kind of guard. Even like the first hero of Steve Francis was that type, that phylum of guard. You've seen that player before. Doesn't take anything away from the experience of watching it, but it's it is a known known. Hmm. Nobody has ever seen anyone like Zion. Never. Yeah. There is it's that one comp I remember hearing. Again, this is Duke era. Was yeah, it's like Charles Barkley, but if you strap jet packs to his nikes or something like that like nobody has ever it has never which is why you know all of the naysayers who, who wondered well what what happens to a 280 pound guy who is putting that much pressure on his various body parts um with that much force and that much speed and that much you know just basic the physics of the stress that's being put on his body um I really hope it is because the NBA is better with Zion and not because of some weird pipe dream I might have about Zion and RJ and Cam Reddish reuniting in New York. By the way, the Cam Reddish experience has been delightfully frustrating. They're all, you see like, I don't miss this at all. Yeah. You, you see the seeds once or twice a game of a, you'll see the seeds forever. He's a seed guy, big seed guy. Cam Reddish. And then the other, I don't know, 80% of the time, he looks like someone just explained the rules to, of basketball to him five minutes before he walked on the court.
0: You should have seen him his rookie year. Like that man. Um, yeah, no. I, I hope for the best because Cam, the tools are there. Like he's just going to oh, be yeah. the all time frustrating player. Where it's like he has the tools to be a superstar, and I just I don't know.
1: I don't know about superstar. I think he has the tools to be like a very good. I mean, he should. Like, he
0: has a good shot he has the link he to he be had, able to defend multiple positions he, he has that
1: really he can defend like like two through four right yeah. now if he but he sometimes isn't in the right place it's like a mental thing yeah that he doesn't have great basket court awareness he does not yeah have, it seems right now a great basketball IQ but like the physical skills are evident he's like that's all there it's just a, it's you want to see him start to stack those moments together for more than you know, a couple of plays at a time.
0: Um, we can have Kevin Knox back.
1: Um, all right. No, he's Bob. quite bad. He's quite bad. I don't want that. No,
0: I know he's he's
1: quite bad, Bob. Um, Robert Silverman. <laughs> the, my can... favorite. Okay, my last thing. My favorite Kevin mm. Knox thing is mm-hmm. the Kevin Knox height conspiracy. Okay, Kevin Knox mm-hmm. pre-draft mm-hmm. measured at six nine at the combine. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone mm-hmm. says, "Oh, I know what that is. That's a six nine. It's a long wing, not like." More small forward than power forward, stretched the floor, got a good. One. And then after the Knicks drafted him, reports came out that in his recent checkup with the team, the, the Knicks team doctors said, actually, we're seeing some interesting things when we, you know, we did a full x-ray. He's got the potential to grow at least another couple of inches. He's only 19 years old. And everyone thought, wow, a guy with that skill set who grows to Kevin Durant height. Wow, he's gonna be he's gonna be 6'11, maybe seven feet. Wow, 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 wow. And over the course of the next two years, Kevin Knox shrunk. <laughs> Kevin Knox shrunk. Kevin Knox, the next year they started listing the whole well, we're not doing it with shoes on things like that. The NBA got into whole height truthism and he was down to six eight. And the following year, six seven. Kevin Knox is listed at six seven right now. Google it, Chase Thomas podcast listeners. Google that. He is shrinking. Why is Kevin Knox shrinking? What don't they want us to know?
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's the end. That's um the end. <laughs> Bob Silverman, we can find you on Twitter at Bob Sayetta. Yep. Go subscribe to the Daily Beast, read your latest piece in the Daily Beast at thedailybeast.com. Yeah, want, I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna yeah. plug a piece. I'm gonna yeah, plug. There you go. This you is me plugging. Plug. A uh, story I wrote last weekend about a Canadian mm-hmm. YouTube comedian. Who went to war? Who, who to be a decided- medic, correct? Yeah, he he has a, a limited amount of training to do some, you know, uh, paramedic work. It's uh, it's not he's not a paramedic. He has had some paramedic training. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can t- as far as I can tell from his Twitter updates. Now that he's there, he's mainly using social media to help like organize getting supplies from one place to another. Mm-hmm. He's not, as far as I can tell, seen any actual combat, which is good. Uh, but he he sort of did this on a whim. He decided a week ago Thursday he decided he was going to go and by Sunday, he was in Hungary, hmm. thanks to a Ukrainian tennis pro who paid for his ticket, as one does. As um, one does. As one does. So he's off there fighting. Um, Good for him. I, I'm not going to say any more other than I think it is a very interesting story, um, and I hope you give it a read. Uh, it's If you Google my name and Ukraine, I think you'll get there pretty soon. It's also, I've been tweeting about it. And and yes. also, videos that are coming back to New York are being sort of scrubbed of metadata and shared by the hacker collective Anonymous. So Ooh. there's that. I hope you give it a read. Uh, I got another story, I think, coming on Thursday that should be a uh, fairly uh, good one. I the say. Kevin Knox conspiracy on the site. There you I'm, go. Yeah, really I'm gonna good. I'm gonna bust this story wide open, man. <laughs>
0: Bob Silverman, always a pleasure. I will talk to you next week. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Chase Most Podcast. Thank you again to Robert Silverman and Andrew Hammond, as always, for coming on the Saturday edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. So, always look out for that on this very feed at this time. um So, yeah, thank you to those guys. And uh, if you like listening to today's episode and you have not already done so, please make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You're uh, podcast preference uh, preferred podcast preference what am i saying i don't really know you know what i'm saying just subscribe if you're not already subscribed to the chase thomas podcast um don't forget you can also watch us yeah we're on youtube every episode on video go uh type in the chase thomas podcast on youtube.com hit that subscribe button like share them out help other people find uh find us on youtube and help that network continue to grow uh email me with any questions at chase podcast at gmail.com and uh give me a follow on twitter.com slash chase double underscore thomas and like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer all right you guys have yourself a great rest of your saturday tomorrow on the pod big guest big guest very excited about it and i think you guys will too um all right uncle dare how do i do